Welcome to the Deeper Motivation Show. It is I, your friendly neighborhood podcast host, John Carrier. Stick around while I interview experts in mind and body wellness and people just like you who have beaten burnout, broken through barriers, and built balance for a life they really want. Are you driven and motivated, but feel like you need to dive deeper? Well, you've come to the right place because when it comes to taking better care of ourselves and achieving our goals, what most people know is just the tip of the iceberg. Greetings to all my chili penguins and all the icebergs at sea. It is I, your friendly neighborhood podcast host, John Carrier, and I'm here today with another episode of The Deeper Motivation Show. And I can't wait to introduce you to my guest today, Patty Blancaflor. Patty is a coach in wellness and nutrition and mindset, hailing from Dallas, Texas, y'all. And you'll notice on the interview, I get a little excited because that's part of the world that I hail from. And all that Texas pride aside, I have to say, sometimes you just meet somebody who is so inspiring that you learn from this person, you start implementing the things that she's implemented, and you begin to see big changes in your life. And I think that's going to be the case with our guest today. Patty is someone who uh, lost a significant amount of weight at an age that a lot of people stop losing significant amounts of weight. She lost 50 pounds in one year. That's inspiring. In her 40s, even more inspiring as a military spouse and mother of three children. It just keeps going on and on. And then she has kept that off, which so many people, once they lose that kind of weight, then bounce back up to where they were before. And you'll see that she was inspired by the changes in her life. And she said, okay, if I could do that, what else can I do? And then she just starts stacking up these baby steps into big achievements. I don't want to spoil too much more. I want you to hear it from Patty, but I just have to say, she's got some really wise stuff to teach on the power of small wins and baby steps. And this is coming at a time where I've been rereading Charles Duhigg's wonderful book, The Power of Habits, which I highly recommend to anybody listening to this program. He's got a whole chapter in there on this concept of small wins of like, instead of just trying to accomplish everything at once, break it down into these baby steps like Patty talks about, and then start stacking those small habits until you are, well, the example that Charles uses is Michael Phelps, who is something of an accomplished athlete, you may agree. And you may be listening to me thinking, small steps, that's for the birds. I'm ready to make big, big changes. And I have to say, you can try to lift 500 pounds right out of the gate. But the harder you try to just jump into the big stuff right away, the less likely you are to succeed, the more likely you are to get frustrated and possibly injured. And then you're completely off the bus entirely. And then those changes never happen. So you can try to lose 50 pounds in a year and keep it off. You could try running ultra marathons without preparing for them first. But I suggest you listen to Patty and listen to the wisdom of these small baby steps, these small wins and stacking those up. And instead of biting off more than you can chew, and I don't just mean at the dinner table, I wonder if you will listen to this interview, be inspired the way that I've been inspired, begin to make those small changes that stack up 
into incredible results. So no more spoilers. I'm fixing to hand the microphone over to Patty. But before I do, I've got a special message for those who decide to listen through this interview all the way to the end. I've got a special surprise for you about a new thing that I prepared for you in case you are inspired by Patty's message, in case you are inspired to make big changes in your life in the new year or any time of year. I've got something for you. Stick around and find out. But first, Patty Blankafloor, everybody. Coming to the microphone, I'm excited to introduce a fellow Dallasite, kind of. I, I, I was from Commerce. We were talking about that. Um, but but somebody who is in the great state of Texas, uh, Patty Blankafloor. Patty, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me so much. I'm so excited. So if you if you hear my voice, I'm coming off whatever flu is going around everywhere, everybody. Um so, Patty, I hope you're going to do most of the talking today. If I, if, if I do my job, that's going to be the case, and I'll try to stay out of your way. Um, so thanks for being on the show. Uh, uh, we're going to talk today a lot about nutrition, about mindset, about wellness, what other good effects that can have uh, on somebody's body, on somebody's mind. Uh, but first, I have to ask, how the heck does someone decide to start running marathons in their 50s? Um, well, I mean, I, I, prior, prior to that, I had, you know, 5k here, a kind of a, you know, whatever run that was fun here and there. And, um, you know, with the COVID and you being kind of bored, I just, um, found a challenge where you were supposed to run like three miles every four hours. And I was doing it with a friend online and I was like, this is not kind of bad. I, I, I think I can do this. <laughs> so <laughs> I had trained for one previously that I uh, didn't meet the time cap on. So I was like, I, I, I think I can do this. And once I hit 26, I said, Oh, ultra, that's only a few more miles. I think I can do that too. <laughs> and when I saw, you know, ultra running, most of them don't have any time caps. I thought, well, I can finish at my own pace. <laughs> So there, you know, I just was like, well, okay. My mind was made up that I could do it, signed up, been going ever since. That's fantastic. I think so. It sounds like uh, a COVID hobby. Many of us acquired some of those um, that some people might say, not me, but some people might say you've taken a bit too far, uh, quite literally. (laughs) So you said, you said ultra. So ultra for the uninitiated is an ultra marathon. Yes. And so what's like the longest uh, foot race you've been a part of? Um, 64K, which is, I believe, 36 miles. Noise. Oh, no, 54K. Sorry, 54K. Right. So it's like, so 30 plus miles, putting one foot in front of the other. Tell me about uh, pre-ultra running, Patty, like... What was, what was the before and what flipped the switch for you? Um, previously, um, I've done CrossFit. That's, I, I met my husband through CrossFit kind of, uh, I would call myself an enthusiastic exerciser. I like mm. to dabble in everything and just be mostly social and for fun and try this and that. And like I said, you know, whatever fun race, the bubble run coming up. Okay. I'll try that and whatever. Um, you know, again, never thinking I'm going to win this thing or anything, but just for fun. Um, I've done F45, Orange Theory, everything like that. But, um, you know, with the COVID shutdown, 
it was like, well, okay, I have a Peloton bike. I have running, you know, that's always kind of available too. So I just, so I just kept doing a little bit more and a little bit more. And I think, you know, the mindset, um, prior to that, I had lost and maintained 50 pounds. And since then that kind of door opening for me was a catalyst for what else can I do? Like, of course I can do it. Why wouldn't I be able to? So unless there was something medically directly telling me I cannot do something, I was like, I'm game. Let me, let me give this a try. So, you know, what started off as kind of a recreational past the time kind of thing was like, oh, okay. Oh, and not many people do this. Well, I wonder why. Let me go find out. <laughs> Why does everybody think this is dumb and painful? <laughs> yes. Well, I'll show it, them. it is a very unique group of people. Unlike street running, it's it's mm. a very unique group of people. And I, it's it, it's a culture that is so unexpected seeing people all different shapes, sizes, ages. I mean, out there for like 100 milers and it blows my mind. But it comes back to their brain, what they think, what they know. And that confidence that I absolutely can do this. If you don't have that, it's it's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I love that. This idea that it all kind of boils back down to mindset in a way. And so you're telling your own story of, you know, you, you lost 50 pounds and that was a lesson. That was a, that was a, a trigger that said, okay, that's a, that's a thing that a lot of people don't do, but I hacked it. I figured out how to do it what else, like what's, what's next? Like what else, what other, you know, limiting belief can I bust a myth on right now? And you just kept adding those miles. Right. And, and, and you notice when you're with these, these ultra runners, which is definitely <clears throat> a different breed and not, not a different, I don't want to say different breed because it's like, they, you know, they are. <laughs> well, but I, I want to say, I, I want to say it in a slightly different way because when people think, oh, they're a different breed, it means they're built for that. I'm not built for that. Like that's an inborn thing. Um, because I think, you know, that I intuit because I've never gone past 26.2, um, that, that that's a decision. Some that's not something that people are born to. That's a decision somebody makes. Right? Absolutely, yes. And I'm sure it has its own culture to it that I'm uh, aspirational towards. I'll say. Um, <laughs> I've always, I've always. Uh, years ago, I read Dean Carnazes's book. I don't know if you're familiar with that guy, but he, mm -hmm. he was like, uh, uh, I forget what it was, but it just kind of like flipped a switch for me. Um, I when when I was growing up, I never was good at sports. And I, and I'm from East Texas, right? You're from, you're, you're, oh, no. you're, you're, you're a visitor. We'll talk more about Texas in a second, but uh, I'm from East Texas and like being a kid in small town, Texas, who's not good at sports, especially when you're a big kid, um, that's a tough road to hoe. Right. And pe my whole life, people ask me, you know, when's that, when's that boy going to play football? And, uh, and my dad was like an all, all city uh, center in Houston, Texas, back in the day before they had wow. masks on the, on the helmets, um, like legit lost a kidney to the game oh my in high school. And so everybody kind of assumed that I would be good at football. Um, and then, but I was, I could never run. I never had coordination. Like I couldn't catch and run and throw and catch and like <laughs> do multiple things at once. And, um, I, I had a, and I played a little, I played ball for about a month in high school. And, uh, 
my parents came on parents weekend or they or they came for like conferences. Uh, and they're talking to my math teacher, who's also my football coach. And, and I, and people would make fun of me. Like I couldn't run more than like faster than most people could walk and, uh, just the body structure or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my math teacher said, John's doing fine in geometry, but he should probably quit football. <laughs> oh my um, he's not good at it. He doesn't enjoy it. You know, he's just getting in the way out there, but I want to see him rowing in the spring. And I happened to be in a school where they had rowing. And, and that was like the first thing I was ever good at. Like I, I had in my head, sports is not a thing I'm good at. Right. And then I found the right sport and, you know, and I'm varsity two years. Right. I never thought that was in the cards for me. Fast forward. I had in my head, I would never be a runner because all my experience with running was painful and I like flat feet and negative. Uh, people made fun of me. And so, um, I'm, I'm engaged to, uh, who is now my wife of 15 years and I'm on my way home one day. And she's like, remember that, remember when you said you wanted to get in shape before our wedding? And I'm like, yeah. And she says, well, I signed us up for a 10 K clinic and, uh, meet me at the sneaker store. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you wow. did not. <laughs> Deep dive. Yeah. And so then we, then we did a 10 K together and then we did a 10 mile together. And that's when she got off the bus. And then I just started going for halves and then marathons, um, because I found the right method for me. Like I did the whole run walk, like, you know, uh, 10 minutes running one minute walking. And then that stopped me from getting the kind of debilitating injuries that I used to get when I would do running. And so once you find your groove, um, or find some kind of hack that then that then sidesteps those limiting beliefs. It's amazing what people it can accomplish. Is. It is, and when you when you identify as well, I'm not a runner, or I'm not good at math. You're already telling yourself, or I've always quit. Whatever it is you're telling yourself, I find that it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> are you though? Or are you, how long has it been since you've tried? Like, why are you telling yourself that? Because one person told you umpteen years ago, you're not it's, or, you know, whatever that experience was, that was, that was not bad. So they stopped themselves from trying that next thing because it's like, well, I'm not. Now I did get out kicked out of knitting class one time. So <laughs> I was told that was terrible, but I still want to knit. I still still aspire to learn how to knit. You know what? I believe in you. So thank you. uh, So I'm. I'm, I'll I'll wait for my hat in the mail. Uh, So tell me more about the work that you do now. Like who is who? who, Who's the client that you love to work with? Who? What's the kind of person you get the most results for? Tell me more about that. So I um. I lost weight with a coach that used macronutrients. So it was like fat, carbs, protein. I thought it's wonderful. I'm not limiting foods. I can have some of this, some of that. Wonderful. But what he didn't get to was kind of, um, we, we did touch on, I, I, I backtracked there. We did touch on a lot on the mindset, but once you achieve that, it's like, okay, now it's just like any other diet. Like how do I kind of unlock and stay there? How, how is this going to be different um, long-term? So I did work with a mindset coach about expanding my beliefs on myself. I've since worked with like a food body coach um, 
expanding, again, limiting beliefs, obstacles, um, food body relationships. And so I worked in the nutrition industry with a couple of companies, but along the way, I saw that same gap happening with people I had known from one company, then again to the next. And they're still searching for that permanent kind of answer. And for me, I know that was my missing piece. So people would always ask me, well, what was your secret? So secret is all in your brain. It's all those beliefs you've had about yourself. It's those relationships way back to when your parents were telling you, you know, clean your plate or that you're never going to be good at exercise or, or whatever it is. So not only do I help people change their relationship with food and kind of um, what they believe they can or need to eat, um, I encourage, um, you know, of course, more vegetables, more protein, but eating more for longevity or learning the value of each food so they can make their own choices about what their diet's comprised of. And then if weight loss is a goal for them, um, first, before we start losing weight, getting to a point of accepting your body, you know, having more neutral thoughts about your body before, you know, beginning a weight loss journey, you can't hate yourself and change at the same time that those two things don't Mm. work. I mean, you could eat ice and you're still going to be the same person. So Mm. thinking that the grass is going to be way greener when you get over here and it's not, is, is the hard reality for most people in the weight loss space. So getting them to first at least have a bridge thought that's more neutral before, you know, they're saying, I can do this, have them, you know, come to a bridge thought where they're at least more neutral about their body and more neutral about food before we get into the other stuff, you know, talking about why they have the beliefs they have. Um, so that's a, a lot different for some people. Um, and so my ideal client and who I talk to before I even get started with is someone who's not attached to a number on a scale, who wants to do things a little bit differently, and who's willing to do the homework to make that change and make it permanent. So it's not just eat this, eat that, <laughs> and everything's going to be great. It's it's no, we need to have some hard conversations and on their end, really be willing to reflect on why they think the way they think. I think that's so important. And I'm just curious, like, what kind of resistance do you get there? Because I imagine there's probably people who come to you as like, oh, she's this ultra, ultra marathoner and um, super duper fit. I want to be like her, or I bet, you know, she can get me to that number on a scale, which, you know, there's really easy way to get to a number and it's called amputation. I think Uh, not that I'm encouraging that for anybody, I'm not a doctor. Um, But so, but that's the thing. If you're fixated on a number, you can get to that number lots of ways. Right. And I imagine that there are people who come to you who, who haven't maybe dug that deep into the mindset piece of it. And they say, no, 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 just give me a meal plan. I'll follow it. I'll get into my prom dress or whatever. And then I'm on, and then I'm on my way. Um, how do you bridge that gap with somebody or what's the kind of, what's the typical resistance that you see that you have to address? Well, first of all, they're, they're really afraid, but am I going to lose weight? 
It's like, oh, absolutely you will. But we have to, we can't build a house on a shaky foundation. Mm. You can build it, but it's all going to fall down. It's, right. you know, it's that house of cards. So that resistance, when it comes, it's like, you know, let's start with tiny pieces. Let's start with tiny habits. Let's start with tiny rituals while we're doing the homework, while we're honing the more positive thoughts, you know, as simple as, you know, what was the best thing that happened in your day and journaling and getting that kind of going, them seeing the small little things that's happening. If they still find, well, coach, I, I just want to lose weight. I'm not their person. And I'm not afraid to tell them that I'm not. (laughs) It's like, I could absolutely get somebody ripped and jacked, but they're going to see me again in six months. And I don't want that kind of recidivism. I mean, Mm -hmm. I have people that, you know, do stay with me to maintain because they like the the conversation we're having, but it's not a long-term thing. And I don't want, you know, repeat customers that are just in the same boat over and over. Well, where most people in, you know, diet culture, that's, that's exactly the cycle that they want to perpetuate. That's not what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, I could see if you're, if you're, if you're just in it for the money, uh, you know, weight loss is a great business, I imagine, because it, it's, it's great for repeat customers because so many people have such a hard, like I've, I've seen graphs on this of like, you know, when they study with people who just exercise or just change their diet or do both or go on like radical 800 calorie a day diets, it's all like they lose the weight and then and it all, and you know, most of the time people drift back up. And sometimes they they drift up and cross that line again. Oh yeah. Um, and so, you know, the but it's it sounds to me like you're coming from a place of let's make some let's let's do some small habits now, stack those up to build on some permanent change. And I think that's really what it takes for that kind of long-term success is it's not about I'm gonna make this quick fix now. It's about I'm gonna help you build this habit now that's going to hold you in good stead for the rest of your life. Is that, is that accurate? Yes. Yes. And we, you know, and the the goal is always, let's say something as easy as water. It's mastery. That's got to be part of your day. Just like you, you know, maybe have a medication. The doctor puts you on for a cold temporarily. You take that every day with water with your breakfast as a ritual. So it's like, you know, just infusing those thoughts. Oh, I I can't get enough water. Well, let's see where we can put that in. Because that's going to have to be part of your life. If you want to maintain this healthy lifestyle, it's got to be cemented in. So the goal is not just, you know, they think, oh, I'm just checking a box. I'm like, no, our, our goal is to take that habit, you know, off your chart because it's mastered. Mm. So we, you know, it's tiniest things. It's like, you're you're gonna have to keep doing the same things well after I'm gone for you from your life. So let's master those now. Yeah, it, it occurs to me like nobody has. Well, I don't want to say nobody. That's general generalizing, um, but most people don't have brush my teeth on their to do list. Right. Probably some folks who need to, but like, <laughs> but but that there are things that we do. Like we wake up, you know. Oh, woke up today. Check. Um, but these are just habits that we, my point is like, there's just, these are habits that we have that we do every day, no matter what, because we've been doing them a certain way for a long time. And it's just kind of wired in. And it sounds like the trick is to get, you know, some different decisions around how we eat, how much water we're drinking, 
get those things built in and dialed in so that they're no longer on your daily to-do list because you're just doing them. Exactly. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the more, the more natural it can become, I mean, then you feel when, you know, oh my gosh, I didn't, you know, have, you know, enough fiber today, your body can like truly feel it and you know, so that's what I want it to be instinctive to them at some point that, oh my God, or I didn't, I didn't even go out for a walk today. Oh my gosh, I can really feel a difference in my body and my energy. So I want them to get to that point. That's awesome. I, I, the one thing I really admire about uh, my spouse is that she uh, she's got a lot of really good habits that I frankly don't like. <laughs> um, the the one thing I've been I've changed a lot lately, and I've talked to some other people on the show about this is sleep. Um, I've never been like a good sleep hygiene having person. Right? It's like for me, sleep was always a matter of like giving up. Like I, I like I work until I'm exhausted. <laughs> And then to sleep is to like, and I, and I basically sleep when I fall asleep, but I literally, it's like, I I'm passing out essentially rather than saying, Oh, I like to go to bed at this time. This is what I need to do an hour before that to make sure that happens. Whereas she's really good at that. I'm not, she's also much more regular with her exercise than I am. Mm -hmm. And when she doesn't get it, she notices. And so, so do the rest of us, frankly, Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but it's like all for the good. But she's like really dialed in about good health habits, um, which is something I admire about her. And I'm trying to work on more myself. I want to go back to this mindset thing, because it sounds like it's really critical to your work. And and, and I, I've, you know, I'm hearing more about it now from people, but it wasn't always part of the talk when it came to weight loss, for example, or fitness or strength building. Um, what are some of the let's say limiting beliefs that you encounter the most when you work with people around food it's mostly um well i mindlessly eat which is a fallacy in itself it's like there are thoughts before the action mm-hmm. happens um i can't i'll you know i'll never be able to go out again or i will you know i i can't plan i can't you know but it, what it comes down to is wait a minute, do you always have to eat? Yes. Okay. Then it's that simple. It's that simple. You can take it down to the smallest. Okay. I have a vegetable on my plate or, and, or I have a protein on my plate, call it a day. So everything they try and and think of in their mind about food is just their own preconceived notions. And I get that a lot around like alcohol too, and feeling like, Oh, if I'm going to be changing my lifestyle, but I have to drink at this event or that event. So we get into the, do you like, what will happen if you don't? So we walk through the whole, the whole scenario that they've already played out in their head of what's going to happen if they don't share a brownie Sunday with someone or have a cocktail after work. Um, so we get into that whole scenario because it's mostly based on fear. I think fear of missing out on something, fear of what's going to happen to them socially, um, anxiety about, you know, like with Thanksgiving, not eating grandma's casserole, everybody's going to be mad at me if I, you know, what am I going to look like? So it's talking through the things and then being willing to share 
the things that are going on in their head and coming back to what is the truth though? What is, what is the truth? And seeing how that plays out into their actions when they then approach the situation in a little bit different way. Yeah. That you really rang a lot of bells for me there with the, especially, um, social expectations and social disappointments, you know, and like, what does it mean to be a person who's not drinking in a drinking space or what it means in a, a, doing a, some research recently on macronutrients, like you were talking about. And, um, this particular framework included alcohol as a macronutrient, which I never thought of it that way before, but it is a thing that has calories and it is a thing that, um, you know, actually has more calories than any, like, I think the, I think, uh, protein and carbs are like three, four calories per gram, just like broadly speaking, I'm not a scientist, but like, uh, four, four calories per gram for carbs and proteins, nine calories per gram for fats, 10 calories per gram for alcohol. And your body doesn't have anything else to do with it. So it burns that first before it, yep, before it gets into the body. other stuff. Right. And so, but it, but it's so much a part of the social fabric and how people interact with each other that, mm -hmm. you know, you're, it's, it's not just a willpower or moral decision. It's a social decision you make when you're, whether it's alcohol or grandma's casserole or brownie Sundays, you know, and what, what happens if like, this is the, so let's say if I have a friend and part of our routine is, you know, every Thursday I go out for brownie Sundays with this friend and I'm not on the brownie Sunday bandwagon anymore. Does that mean I lose that friendship? I'm just making an example here. Mm -hmm. um, but I think a lot of people think that way. They absolutely do. And, you know, and I tell them, and sometimes once in a while you do lose that person, but you, it also opens up a different door for you of people who have been trying to get your attention and maybe you weren't paying attention to maybe, you know, a neighbor that has been bugging you to walk or, you know, I, I did have, you know, my own group of friends that when I decided, you know, drinking was, you know, not a thing I wanted to partake in socially, like every time I went, you know, maybe every other, maybe, it, it changed my friend group and it, it was, it was hard. So, you know, when they're, they think I don't understand, it's like, Oh no, I'm almost 56. I've been, I've been through it all, but I, you know, I let them know sometimes it does change, but there's always going to be, for example, in my friend group, there was two or three that I ended up closer to. And we ended up doing different things socially that were more along the lines of where I was going, like taking walks, like doing a hike instead of meeting at a bar or, you know, having wine night because that wasn't always, you know, lined up with where I was going in my own health journey. So that change, just knowing that that's a possibility is hard. I mean, I don't take them there right away. Yeah, you might lose these friends, but just entertain the idea of what if it's okay on the other side of that? What if it's all right? What if, you know, different ways to say no, thank you, or take some with you, if it's the casserole or pie or whatever, um, different ways that you can address that if that's not what you're choosing today. And making those boundaries for some people is something that they've never done. And they don't know that it's okay. <laughs> I, I love that, that this, that, that what you just said, like, they don't, you don't know that it's okay. 
so many times we make those decisions because if I don't know that it's okay, I can assume that it's not okay. Yeah. Right. Or yourself. Right. And I had some uh, hypnotherapists on the show as well. And people talking about this idea about knowns and unknowns in the subconscious mind, you know, we're, we, we form, you know, early, early in like early stages of development, um, we form knowns and unknowns, right? Things that like, okay, if I touch a stove, bad idea, known. Right. Um, but there, but you know, but there are things in our brain that are unknown and, and we're drawn to knowns, right? Because at least if we know how to deal with it, it feels safe, but we avoid things that we don't know about because, and we default to the negative. We assume that they're unsafe. And so if I've never been in a social situation without taking whatever food or drink is offered to me, I don't have a positive experience of saying no. Yep. Right. So I go with what feels safe and and we build up those habits over a long period of time. And so the, I mean, the work that you're doing is really breaking down habits that, you know, our brains are engineered to protect us, to keep us alive. And it does a good job most of the time until it doesn't. Well, and that's where, you know, people say, well, oh, it's, you know, why do I keep doing this self-sabotage? And it's exactly what you said, because what happens from that is already known. That's, you know, as crazy as it sounds, it sounded safer to do, you know, that thing that you didn't want to do, than not do it and not know how that's going to feel. And they're like, oh, wow. (laughs) It's like, wouldn't you like to know what's, what's over there? But it, it, our brains tell us that that's a scary thing. So Patty, tell me about, um, if I can say it this way, like your, your ideal client, who's, what's the type of person that you're most excited to work with, or you've had the most success with. If, if somebody says, Oh, that sounds like me, who should be getting in touch with you? Um, like I was saying before, somebody just really interested in, you know, not attached to a scale number. Um, just wants that better connection with food, that better connection with their body. Um, you know, not, you know, I need to wear this dress by this day. That's, I mean, I can do that, but that's not what I'm looking for in a client. Um, I keep my client list very small. I believe in like the, it's a very intimate relationship to me. Um, I'm retired. So I do this because I really like it. It's not like a money driven thing. So I want people as invested in it as I am in them. So I, I, it's gotta be a a good fit there. Um, I do ask a lot of questions. We do get on the phone before I decide, okay, this relationship is going to work. Well, you have me and you know, I give you this rose, come with me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's, that's my ideal. I'm not for everyone. Um, and everyone is not for me. If, you know, some people, you know, if I find, um, they have out of my scope would be if they had some medical issues and I do have a few RDs that I gladly recommend them to. Um, and if, you know, if they're just interested in lose weight, lose weight, lose weight as well, I'll say, Hey, I have a few people that can absolutely do that for you. I'm not, you know, afraid to pass on anyone. Can you 
think of an example for me of maybe a particular client and you know, you don't name names or anything, but um, just somebody that you work with that you had a result that just surprised you or just made you really grateful to be doing the work that you're doing. Oh my gosh. Every day. <laughs> somebody makes me cry every day. Um, I had someone that was so anti journaling anything, you know, this is, this is hooey. This is not something, you know, or, you know, let's, let's pause before meals. Let's, you know, get in touch with ourselves before we proceed with a meal. Just, you know, that, that moment of connection before you just plow into a meal. Let's, let's use a hunger scale. And she kept, oh, I just, I just want to lose weight. I, I'm like, it's coming. I promise you told me you wanted to do it differently, but let's do it differently. Um, getting her to a place of not using language about her body. That was, um, you know, it was a very harsh language, um, getting her to realize that she is extremely fit, not for her age, for any age, um, getting her to a place where she was okay to pass on social activities and not feel that FOMO. And her outlook now, she's definitely lost weight, but she sent me a text probably a week ago that said, you know, coach, I'm on a cruise and I'm doing great. My clothes fit fine. And by the way, I have no idea how much I even weigh. And I, I haven't had a clue in a long time. And it's like, oh, it's like, that's what I like to hear. Cause she feels wonderful. She feels good about herself. She feels good about her decisions. She feels, you know, confident in her boundaries and her space. And it, it's like everything all tied into a ribbon uh, for somebody who was just so like, mm, I don't know about you kind of thing. <laughs> so for me, that was just like a huge giant gift to get that text, like right before Thanksgiving. And just, yes. Tell me about supplementation. Some people say, oh, this is, this is the, this is the vitamin you need to dial up. This is the, this is the particular supplements you need to take. Does that fit into your plan? Uh, and if so, you know, what are the kinds of things that you recommend or recommend against? Um, I don't recommend or not recommend depending on the person. Um, at some point when and if we're tracking food, um, I have them kind of check the vitamins and nutrients in their food. I let them know, um, like we did a whole series on vegetables, this, these vitamins can be found there. So they don't have to supplement. I feel like if your diet is well-rounded enough, you don't really need to supplement. Um, I do have um, older women, well, not older, perimenopausal, menopausal women where vitamin D is recommended. Um, people with sleep issues or chocolate cravings, magnesium really helps there. Um, I have people who are, you know, chronically fatigued, you know, if they haven't checked with their doctor, absolutely check with their doctor. But sometimes it's a matter of not having enough iron in their diet. So we look where we can stick more in food wise. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't, encourage or discourage. Um, I kind of just make sure they're doing anything like that with the knowledge of what and why they're doing it. Um, something as easy as fiber, which, you know, most adults need 20 grams or more per day. If they're not hitting that, I look at kind of like their diet and what that looks like. And if it's just a matter of food preferences, 
take a fiber supplement. Like, how is that working? Is that changing things? So I leave that up to the individual, but there's no like set standard. It's really a matter of, you know, looking at the whole picture of the why, and there's going to be different seasons for that as well. Mm -hmm. Are there particular uh, books or media or other resources that have been particularly helpful for you that you'd recommend? Well, as far as um, mindset stuff, not particularly because I've been to so many classes, <laughs> but I just, you know, I admire like every every TED talk I can get my hands on of positive people who like blow my mind, you know, like all the Brene Browns and, you know, I'm doing a book on boundaries right now, um, Melissa Urban's book. Um but as far as those things, I mean, that are, that are, you know, just cross, you know, any lines from your work relationship to your relationship with yourself and on and on and on. I, I mean, those type of things just light me up. It, it's just, I, I can't get enough. So on, on any form of media, I can grab that. I like to listen and I like to, you know, even like Mel Robbins, it's just like the positivity. I mean, that's where it comes from. We can't, you know, want these positive things for our life if our own self-talk is Mm. very negative. So working on that internal stuff, I mean, anything I can get my hands on that's positive and, you know, it helps me to maybe change the language in my own mind continuously because that's, you know, I'm still a work in progress, I say. It's like, you're never really done, are you? (laughs) Uh, I I sure hope not uh, for my own sake. Uh, I'll say i I'm also a huge Brene Brown fan, been very helpful for me. And I'm just going to say it, Texan. Uh, <laughs> so I think she's, I think she's from the Austin area, maybe. Um, so uh, be- before we wrap up, I want to ask just kind of a couple of uh, more philosophical questions, if I may. Um, let's say you had a billboard that millions of people could see. Let's say, I don't know if, if you're a, if you're a, a New York city person. Um, but times square calls up Patty, Patty, uh, we just had uh, Pepsi cancel on us for the day. And we have this big empty billboard that 10 million people are going to see. And we'd like you to put a message on there. Um, what would you, what would you say if you could tell everybody something? I would say decide you are worth the effort. Decide you are worth the effort. I love that so much. It can go, it can mean whatever it means to you. Once you decide, straight path. Well, That's perfect. Bumps, but I mean, once you make that decision and it's never too late to do it. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so I'm gonna, I want to zoom in for a second because uh, we just talked about, you know, you just put your message out to 10 million, 10 million people on Times Square. I want to zoom down to the micro level. Let's say there's one person listening to this podcast. They're having a bad day. You know, they, they're, they're listening. They're like, you know what? I I really like uh, the cut of Patty's gym, Um, but I'm not sure if this is for me. If you just wanted to get one message to that one person who really needs your help, what would you say? Tiny steps, just tiny one action. That's all you need. Just start with one action 
I think, you know, people tend to look at this whole big picture and be overwhelmed. Like I, I can't, I can't change my diet. I can't change my food. This you're asking me for a lifestyle change. It's like, just take one, one tiny step. I mean, even a micro step is a step forward, right? So just one tiny step, that's all you need. Beautiful. So if that tiny step is getting in touch with you, what is the, what's the best way for people to reach you? Um, I am on Facebook, Patty Blake Floor. Um, I don't have a website. I'm on Instagram. It's, it's me, Patty B. There's an underscore between Patty and B or Patty at pattybcoaching.com um, at Gmail. So if anyone wants to get in touch with me, I'd, I'd like to hear from you and we'll see if we're a good fit. Outstanding. Patty Blankafloor, everybody. I'm so grateful that you were on the show today and uh, I can't wait to see how many people you help who hear this. So um, let's you. stay in touch. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. And thank you, my chili icebergs, for listening to this powerful conversation. I call you my chili icebergs because I know that you are much deeper than what people see on the surface, maybe even what you notice about yourself. And that's why I want to give you some of the resources that Patty has talked about today. These are all going to be in the show notes at deepermotivation.com, where you'll find the entire transcript of the show, plus links to several TED Talks. Patty really gets inspired by TED Talks. So do I. I bet you will too. So I put a few select ones on there, as well as a couple of links to books that we talked about, like Charles Duhigg's Power of Habit, as well as a book called Ultra Marathon Man by Dean Carnazes. This book really inspired me when I was starting to do distance running. Haven't gotten the ultra yet. But man, this year is looking good, especially after this powerful conversation with Patty. So that link's going to be in the show notes. The uh, habit book's going to be in the show notes, as well as some TED Talks. And one last thing that I want you to check out. So if you're listening to this show right when it comes out, I believe this is the last episode that's dropping in the calendar year. I bet there are some of you out there who are thinking about New Year's resolutions. And probably not for the first time. You may be thinking about losing significant amounts of weight. You may be thinking about uh, upping your exercise game. Maybe you've decided you want to sleep better in the year to come. We've talked a lot about the power of sleep and the importance of sleep on the show. Or maybe you just want to change your mindset. You want to look at yourself differently. You want to look at the world differently. You want to increase your level of vibration, as some people say. If any of these are true about you, I've got something for you called the Resolution Reboot from stuck to unstoppable in 30 days. This is a 30-day challenge, if you will. Some may frame it as a 30-day opportunity, where if you sign up, you're going to get three things. First, you're going to get daily videos for 30 days, each with a different step in this 30-day process of, let's say, rebooting your resolutions. And I say rebooting because maybe you're listening to this and it's February and you gave it a solid try and it didn't work out the way you wanted to and you'd like to reboot it. Or maybe you're trying this right in the beginning of the year, but you are resolving to do things you've resolved to do before and it didn't work out for whatever reason. So we're going to reboot it with these 30 consecutive daily videos. That's one thing. The second thing you're going to get is daily customized journal pages that you could download, print out, fill out, put in a binder, folder, trapper keeper. If you're my age, these journal pages are designed to help you integrate what you are learning and to track your progress. Tracking progress and celebrating wins is a big part of this philosophy of the Resolution Reboot. And what's the third thing you're going to get? I don't know. What has two thumbs and headphones on? 
this guy, you will have me with you all along the way. I'm going to be doing these challenges alongside of you. These are all things that I've done before to great effect, but I'm going to try them again just to make sure I'm uh, eating my own dog food, as they say. And I'm not just there beside you as a peer. I'm also there beside you as a coach. In addition to being a podcaster and a YouTuber, I'm also a performance nutrition coach and a hypnotherapist with specialties in dialing in good habits for sleep, nutrition, exercise, and mindset. So all of these steps are based on that experience and expertise. You are going to get 30 daily videos. You're going to get 30 daily customized journal pages. And finally, as you're going through these, when you have questions, just reply to the daily emails you get and say, hey, I tried this, didn't work. What am I doing wrong? Or hey, what if I do it this way? Is that good or bad? Shoot those emails back to me. I will answer them just the best I can. Maybe I'll try to answer you, but then also uh, other people as we go along. And that way, when you ask questions, other people get to learn. So all you have to do to get 30 daily videos in your inbox, 30 customized journal pages to record your progress, integrate your results, and 30 days of access to me answering your questions about these challenges as you do them. So if going into this New Year's resolution season or picking it back up again after a month or two of it not working the way you want to. If you want 30 daily videos in your inbox, 30 customized journal pages to help you integrate your learning, to track your success, and 30 days of access to me to answer whatever questions you have on these topics that we're learning about together, all you have to do is go to deepermotivation.com forward slash resolution. That's deepermotivation.com forward slash resolution. I'll have that in the show notes on the website. Sign up there to get started, whether you're hearing this right in the beginning of the year or you're hearing this some of the time in some other year, this will be available to you. The 30 videos will be available to you. The 30 customized journal pages will be available to you. And I, as your coach, will be available to you. And I can't wait to see the progress that we make together. Like I said before, many people make audacious goals. Many people go out and say, you know what? I used to be able to deadlift 500 pounds when I was a teenager. I'm just going to start there and then work it up to six and 700. You could try to set aside what age you are and how long it's been since high school. You could try to jump into things that might injure you. You could try to chew up all you've bitten off. But if you want real success, you might instead try this 30 days resolution reboot. Like I learned in my conversation with Coach Patty, sometimes you meet somebody who is just so inspiring in their story. They've been where you are now. They're a few steps ahead of you and they can give you wisdom that completely changes your life. I wonder if signing up for this resolution reboot might give you the same benefit. In the meantime, thanks for hanging out with me and Coach Patty for today's episode of the Deeper Motivation Show. I can't wait to see what we accomplish together tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today for the Deeper Motivation Show. All the resources mentioned today, as well as a full transcript of the show, can be found at our website at deepermotivation.com. If today's episode made you happy, leaving us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice is just the sort of thing that happy people do. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss a single weekly episode. One more thing, last but not least, before we go our separate ways, I wanted to offer you something I have prepared for you. Based on my own studies and research and my own personal experience of being a driven person who, I'll admit, has not always been so good at keeping my balance in life, 
keeping my head in the game or keeping myself healthy for those I serve and those I love. It's a brief guide entitled Four Things Driven People Need to Beat Burnout, Break Barriers, and Build Balance for a Life You Really Want. I know the title's about half as long as the whole guide, but I want you to know exactly what you're getting. If that sounds like something you want or something you need, head on over to deepermotivation.com forward slash four things and get your copy today. That's deepermotivation.com forward slash the number four, the word things all smushed together. Until next time, remember that you are so much more than what people see on the surface. And until we meet again, stay chilly, my iceberg. 